Welcome to session seven of Here Now Together. As we found out in the last episode, humans spend a lot of time thinking about what isn't going on in the present moment. Almost half our waking lives are spent with our minds wandering, unfocused and adrift, contemplating events that happened in the past, might happen in the future, or may never happen at all. I want to briefly dive into the research a little more because Yes, the ability to think about what is happening, the ability to imagine, to plan, to analyse is of course incredibly helpful and a defining aspect of our species, but it comes at an emotional cost. The Harvard research, in addition to showing us how much our minds wander, shows us that we're also unhappy when our minds wander. According to the data, the particular way you spend your day doesn't really tell us much about how happy you are. Your mental presence the matching of thought to action is a much better predictor of your overall happiness. The researchers in this field elegantly summarise their work as follows. A human mind is a wandering mind, and a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. This is something that many wise ancient traditions knew about. We're happiest when we're thinking about what we're doing, when we're mindful. We're happiest when thought and action are aligned even if they're only aligned to fold clothes or wash the dishes. When our minds wander to neutral or unhappy topics, we're considerably less happy. And even when you're in a bad mood and your mind wanders to happier topics, you're no better off than if you just stayed in the present moment. Although, of course, imagining pleasant alternatives was naturally preferable to imagining unpleasant ones, the happiest scenario of all was to not be lost in thought. A person who's thinking about washing those dishes, being present in what they're doing, will feel more content than a person who is washing the dishes thinking about a sunny getaway, for instance. Science suggests that we make about 35,000 decisions each day. We can't possibly be present in those 35,000 decisions, and nor should we be. But making the time to be present and training the brain to be more present will certainly help your well-being and contentment in life. So let's once more practice being present in the moment. So take some slow, deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. And you can let your breathing return to normal now and just survey your body. Concentrate on your experience in this moment. So what sensations can you feel? What emotions are present within you right now? What sounds can you hear? Try to be aware of whatever thought or sensation pops into your mind from each moment to the next.
So you're just getting an introductory sense of how you feel in this moment. What's the weather pattern like in your mind right now? And it will differ depending on your mood, on your experiences before sitting down to do this session. Some days it will seem calm and pristine, some days turbulent or dark. It's good to be aware of your mind's general weather pattern, because even if it isn't great, remember it is just a weather pattern. The storm clouds will eventually clear. So let's see if we can find some focus and calm now, even those of you who may have some pretty daunting storm clouds present. Let's narrow our beam of attention down and focus it on the sensations of our breathing. So be aware of each natural in-breath and each out-breath, concentrating on the sensations, the rising and the falling, the chest, the stomach. Now, remember, the purpose of mindfulness practice is not to attain complete mastery over your attention or prevent it from moving around whatsoever. The purpose is much simpler and much more gentle. We're trying simply to notice where our attention goes once our mind begins to wander and then invite it back to where we'd like it to be. This idea of inviting the mind back is really important. We're not furiously dragging the mind back to our anchor with frustration at our inability to do this correctly. Your mind wandering is not you losing at the game of mindfulness meditation, just as managing to be present and undistracted isn't winning. The old cliche rings true for mindfulness, it's truly just the taking part that counts. There is no failure because there is no end goal, the practice itself is the purpose. The practice keeps you mindful, alert, in touch with yourself and those around you. So be patient and kind with your own mind, it's like a baby learning to crawl, it will occasionally crawl away from you. And you don't chastise it, you simply go and retrieve it. So kindness to yourself is imperative to mindfulness.
As always, if you find it easier to count the breaths, just mentally note each in-breath as one and each out-breath as two. It's good to acknowledge also that you're doing these exercises for yourself, yes, to help yourself become more present and therefore happier. But you're also doing this for everyone else in your life. Because if you're able to be more focused in the present, you're able to be more present for others, more available, more open, more thoughtful, more kind. So in this, mindfulness is not just about kindness to yourself but also kindness to others. And in this last minute now, let's refocus our beam back onto the body. So notice what sensations are vying for your attention. Notice the points of contact against your seat or bed. Notice your feet against the floor. And now, Notice any sounds that you hear. And momentarily imagine the view you'll see when you open your eyes. Imagine the space around you. And with a slow, deep breath, you can open your eyes when you're ready. As I begin to introduce you to more of the science behind mindfulness, I hope you're beginning to realise just how beneficial this practice can be. But more so, I hope you begin to experience those benefits for yourself. It's common to be sitting waiting for the benefits to hit you, like mindfulness is this high that you're sitting waiting for after popping a pill. But it's usually a subtle, gradual, ongoing practice one that can seem incredibly helpful at some points in your life, and at other points, mindfulness can seem like a nuisance or a waste of time to keep up. But all along, it is helping you retrain and reshape your brain 
gently helping you become more calm and collected, focused and contented. But I think most importantly, more kind to yourself and to others. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.